if you're someone like myself who doesn't have a lot of vegan friends in real life, start a podcast. Really, I mean it. I'll help you. You're going to love it. You're listening to Veg Your Best. I'm Michelle Olander. And this week, for episode 114, I get to share with you my newest vegan friend, Lucia Grillo. You know, I think that the holidays are truly the best time to go vegan. So this season, I'll be offering you a variety of faces, of voices, and perspectives because there is no one way to go vegan. And there's no one way to be vegan. So my conversation this week is with the talented and charismatic actress, writer, producer, and the power behind Lucia's vegan lifestyle. That's Lucia Grillo. Lucia's vegan lifestyle is, as I am informed, the only 100% vegan lifestyle show that actually airs on TV. And I think it was, well, I know I had Italy on my mind when I reached out to Lucia to be a guest on Veg Your Best, and you're not going to be disappointed. We talk about her Italian heritage, her vegan origin story, the way her family reacted, and the way being vegan has informed her professional life. Along the way, we talk punk rock, breast cancer, and creating a vibrant online presence. I think you're really going to enjoy this. Lucia Grillo has a variety of projects, and the links will all be in the show notes. So right now, you can just listen and enjoy. And I think you'll want Lucia Grillo to be your new vegan friend, too. Okay, I'll catch you on the other side of the interview. Lucia Grillo, welcome to Veg Your Best. Thank you for having me, Michelle. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. You know, I am an Italophile, and I was recently in Italy, and I um, I can't remember exactly where I first ran into your work, but um, the minute I heard about you, saw you, I was like, I would really like to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really honored. And I was actually um, so jealous seeing all your posts of Rome, which are where I've lived. And um, oh, it was so nice to see, to revisit places through you and discover new ones. Well, you need to get right back because they are even more friendly, vegan friendly than I remember a few years ago. So uh <laughs> <laughs> so if people are out there wondering, does it make a difference when you walk in a place and say, do you have vegan options? It makes a difference. Even yeah. just asking, it makes a difference. Absolutely. So, so, so Lucia, um, you are, you were born in Italy. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you weren't born in Italy? Everyone thinks that I was born in New York. I am a New Yorker born and raised, but I've lived in Italy and my parents are from Italy. They're from Calabria. And I've lived in Italy and I've been going to Italy since I was a little kid. So, <laughs> yeah. So I start the interview off all wrong. Okay, so tell <laughs> us how a nice Italian girl became vegan. Um, it actually has to do with my parents and my upbringing. So my parents were these young Italian immigrants from rural Southern Italy. They were farmers as children before coming to the U.S., and they they really maintained the traditions, which included slaughtering their own animals, which also included growing their own vegetables. So they instilled in their children, and I was, I think, maybe the most kind of receptive to this, they instilled um, in their children the, the importance of having natural foods. Um, and there, it was very interesting to me as a child as a very small child 
I remember the moment, maybe I was five, I was very, very, very little. I remember the moment I associated and realized that the chicken on my plate was the same living chicken that ran around, that was living like us humans, but it didn't really register. I was too young to be very, really conscious of it, but I just remember it going like, oh, weird in my head. And then as I grew older, these things would happen, like, you know, going to Italy in the summer and spending months there and, you know, bringing American toys. You know, I had a jump rope. I had like a kit of toys, jump rope, jacks. This is aging me. <laughs> jump rope, jacks, you know, whatever, um, a bouncing ball. So I remember like the little toy kit being opened from the suitcase and going, where's my jump rope? Looking for it all around the, the beachfront apartment, you know, asking all the adults, they didn't know. Finally, I went outside and there was a goat tied to a railing with my jump rope. And I was like, well, you know, the adults, the adults did this. So the goat became my friend until one day, you know, I went outside to play with it or just pet it and be near it, right? This, this affectionate living being, and it was gone. Jump rope, I'm going to cry. The jump rope was there on the ground, but my, my friend was gone. And it happened to be, I don't know if people know, there's a, like a, there's a saint's day for every town in Italy. So it was the patron saint of my parents' town, um, their, the feast day. And, um, you know, I asked all the adults, where's the goat? Where's the goat? Where's the goat? Nobody would answer me. And finally, at lunchtime, a huge platter was brought to the table. Yeah, it's still, it's, you still feel it. Yeah, it's, it's visceral for me. You know, this is why I haven't watched any of the documentaries, the big documentaries that have made people go vegan. I can't do it because still, you know, I went vegetarian when I was 12 and I've been vegan since 96. So still, you look, if you, if I, if I see a human suffering, I get like this. I do not like suffering. I do not tolerate injustice. It's very visceral for me. Mm. Yeah. And so, and, and you know what, I think <clears throat> so many of us learn to tamp down those feelings. You didn't, you just didn't tamp them down. A lot of us. I'm just an Italian. Check out. <laughs> we <laughs> emote. We, right? Italians are passionate and feeling. And so. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I think, it, I think it's this last week's um, podcast. I, I talked about, um, I think I talk about vegan as a, as a foreign language for us. It's tiring and it's a lot and it's new when we're vegan. It's tiring and it's a lot and it's new when we're trying to live or work in another language. So right. it's the same thing. It doesn't mean it's wrong if it's, if it's exhausting, it's just part of the process. And I was, I was thinking about how I, if I go to a store or a restaurant in the United States, I have almost, almost zero problem ever advocating for myself as a vegan. Sometimes mm -hmm. in Italy, places like Italy, where I go to a place where they have, um, pride in the animals that they are growing and, and caring for and then slaughtering or the products that they make from those animals and those are fishing. And these are multi-generational, important parts of their culture. Yeah. I yeah. sometimes have a more difficulty advocating for myself as, as, a, as a vegan. And I find it that it's interesting, but it's out of respect for... Huh people and and a culture it's not i so it's it's something i struggle with a little bit sometimes um and there is a time and a place for everything you know so what was it like for your family to find that you maybe were turning away from some of these things that were multi-generational uh areas of pride in yeah. in your culture do you mind if I address the advocating for a second? Oh, please go ahead. Uh, okay. Oh, well, this is kind of a little bit also related to how my family <laughs> reacted, um, responded as well. Um, you know, it, I, I know a lot of people do struggle with that, Michelle, as well. And I'm, I'm such, I'm the rebel, you know, but it's also like we're not advocating for ourselves. We're ad advocating for other living beings and for our fellow humans as well, because in caring for the animals, we're also caring for the planet and 
you know, by extension, other humans, right? Because there's so much involved in veganism and not just our compassion towards our fellow sentient beings, right? That's the first bottom line. But there's so much involved in the raising of animals, especially on this mass scale, and its effect, its its negative impact, its destructive impact on our environment. So we're actually caring for other human beings. Um, so just wanted to mention that. No, I think that's an important distinction. I'm glad you mm. said that. And then also cultures, you know, there is no culture that's set in stone, right? Um, culture, cuisine is constantly evolving. So when people are kind of, you know, kind of sticklers for, you know, but that's not traditional. I'm like, well, you know, if your ancestors hadn't changed this thing, then you would be doing that and not what you're doing right now. So culture is constantly evolving. And, um, and you know, veganism is not old. Da Vinci was, I guess, a vegetarian, right? Um, Pythagoras, we have all these ancient thinkers from centuries ago, from before the Christian era, that we're already pondering these and, and living what we're living now. So it's not something new. It's not something dis disrespectful. It's actually highly respectful to all of us. So I think that's a beautiful response. I'm, I'm very glad you shared that because I think um, it, it, I grew up with this concept. Um, my dad's from Poland and we spent a lot of time in Europe. And I know that there was this concept of, as a small child, I heard about the ugly American. The idea of the American who goes to Europe and wants mm -hmm. ice and wants, <laughs> wants, wants what they have at home, wants ketchup, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I think I grew up with a little, little bit of like, ooh, I have to really be respectful and thoughtful. And, what a, and this is what I would say to myself about how culture changes. But I'm very, very glad to hear it from your lips, from your perspective. I think also, you know, I, I've always, as, as even from a very young age, I've considered myself um not an american i think maybe because of my parents um you know being immigrants they consider themselves american right they've been here longer than they lived in italy mm. in their native land but you know also i've been very political since i was a kid so the concept of um let's say internationalism and thinking of humanity rather than you know countries and nationalities that also comes into play for me. So, you know, when I think on that scale of not not only what I want as an individual, but what is good for the what is good for all of us, right? What kind of world do we want, right? I don't want a world with poverty. I don't want a world with oppression. I want a world in which we're all happy and thriving, not only struggling to survive, and that extends to all species. So that's that's what also kind of makes it easier for me to advocate, you know, to ask for the vegan dishes or the vegan shoes or you're not vegan yet, you know, like, because it's strange to me that people are not. If you're a good person, how could you possibly be racist or sexist or speciesist, right, or a homophobe? If you're a good person, you do not want any being on this planet to suffer in any way so that's what makes it easier for me so yeah i think that's i think that's wonderful and I, i'd love to hear now now how, how did your family react <laughs> well if, you know if I, you care to share yeah <laughs> oh, absolutely thanks for asking yes and i love my story because i actually i had an easy story you know i know a lot of a lot of vegans out there you know have a lot of um a lot that they're up against right mm -hmm. But I think me being, you know, because it seems so natural to me. Um, so my parents, I, I, I always, I have to ask them because I always tell this story, and I, I don't want to violate their privacy. But I, you know, my parents had very little formal education. They're in, they're, they are probably the most incredible people I've ever met in my life, because they're highly intelligent. They are like, you know, they are talented at so many things and anything they set themselves to, they master, <laughs> you know, they're just incredible. So they had very little formal education in rural Southern Italy, right? So when I 
came home from school one day at age 12 and I told them, I'm not going to eat animals anymore. They were like, you know, what does that mean? But then when I was very adamant about it and told them, you know, it was insistent that I would never eat an, another animal again, they got scared because um, I remember my mother saying, where are you going to get blood from? You need blood. Where are you going to get blood? And I said, well, mom, you know, I told her about how re red blood cells reproduce. <laughs> she didn't know. I think she thought that you know, you get blood directly from consuming animals. I don't know what you thought. I actually should ask her. Um, so they tried because they were concerned, they and extended family. One, they would be like, oh, we took the meat out of the sauce. And I was like, no, I cannot have it. Even if you took it out, I don't want it. You know, it still has, you know, animal flesh and blood and oils in it. I don't want it. So it took them a, a while, especially my grandparents. You know, my grandparents were also rural Southern Italian immigrants. And if my parents, who were much younger, didn't know, then my grandparents couldn't possibly know. And cousins, you know, would try to sneak in meat or like, you know, lie to me because they didn't understand it. But, you know, when I when I was insistent that I could not and I would not consume it, they started, they got serious. <laughs> so I was very lucky because, you know, I would then show up at the family parties and my cousin would have made tofu manicotti, oh, like wow. unheard of, right? Using, right? Using the tofu instead of ricotta. Amazing. My mother, my parents, my father's a chef. My older sister is a chef. So my father's autodidact and my sister is trained. My mother is an impeccable chef she's invented things from tofu that you would never believe and um and then everybody my my nonna in italy who like in her 80s you know till she died at like 94 she would like you know the table would be laden with vegetable dishes for me when i went to visit her in calabria my nieces were making me like you know vegan chocolate cake that everybody participated because because culturally right there are most cultures the expression of love is through food and caring for your those you love so when they knew when they found out that this was something i was serious about this was now something that defined me they adapted to make sure that one i wouldn't die and that two i would be included and know how much I was loved. So I have, my story is maybe, you know, not typical, but I, I like to share it because, you know, if they hadn't, they knew that I would fight. <laughs> they did it for their own sake. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah, but you know that is beautiful, and it it is also an example for uh, some of my listeners are not vegan yet. Some of my listeners I know listen because someone in their families, a child or a friend or a parent, mm -hmm. someone has come to them and said, "I'm not eating eating animals anymore," and they're like, oh, "What do I do? How do I support them? I'm, is it even safe?" So many people mm -hmm. worry yeah. that it's not safe for their loved ones. Yeah. yeah. So it's out of love that we make. Our our greatest uh, our greatest leaps and also our biggest mistakes off, often come out of love too. Right. So what a That's wonderful true. story and a reminder for all of us that we can um, how important our support is for yeah. our family yeah. members. Because you said it wasn't just that you would eat; they weren't just worried that you would eat, that you'd be included, that you wouldn't yeah. feel yeah part whenever, of it. Whenever we have holidays with the family, you know, my parents always make everybody makes sure that. Whatever dish is the animal version, there will be the vegan version. And it's amazing. And then they're like, the kids, the kids are grown now, or like they're a little new little ones, but they're like, why is Auntie Lucia sitting at the table eating for so long? <laughs> like, look at all this abundance. Like, I've got to like, I have to acknowledge it and and enjoy it and appreciate it. <laughs> 
That's marvelous. So Lucia, tell me, so I also, I, I like to hear people's vegan um, journeys and stories and origin stories to share with my audience. But I also like, um, I like to show everyone that it's not the only part, how we eat and the shoes we buy are not the only part of being vegans. We have full lives. Mm -hmm. And so tell me a little bit. So you, you are, you, you are an actress, mm -hmm. you are a presenter, you are creating a, a vegan lifestyle brand now. So please yeah. tell me, tell me what you'd like the audience here to, to know about your work these days. Oh, thank you. So yeah, I am an actress, filmmaker. I make films mainly in Italy or on subject matter that is Italian. If it's here in the United, I've directed music videos from Italian pop to Brooklyn doom metal. Um, and um, yeah, I, I'm an actress. I've worked with some some directors that that your your listeners might know of. Um, film, TV, between here, Italy, the UK. So I, you know, I enjoyed doing that as well. Voiceover, I do voiceover. I've narrated books and, um, you know, just do, uh, it, there's an Italian book as well. It's Italian short stories for beginners, um, which was, it's delightful short stories that I narrated um, to help people learn or, you know, advance their, their knowledge of Italian language. Um, and now, yeah, I am now actually developing two projects with my my film company banner. It's called Calabrizella Films, Calabrizella Films. Calabrizella means the little girl from Calabria, where, which is where my parents were born. Um, and um, I have a, a feature film, an original feature film that I'm developing. I wrote the script. I researched the story while I was living in Italy, and I wrote the script myself. And I, I own the rights to a book called Umbertina, Umbertina, which was written by an author, a woman who is also Calabrian American, a Calabrian New Yorker. Helen is now, I think, 95. And um, I'm developing the book to TV, for TV, as a TV series. So I'm really excited about that. And getting back on the vegan track, I, yes, I produce and host the only vegan lifestyle show that broadcasts on television. And by extension of that, I have an Amazon live show where I help my followers or viewers find items on Amazon that are vegan. So running from everything from home goods to appliances to help them live an easier vegan life or amp it up, <laughs> level it up, um, to makeup, to foods. So I work with brands and then I find brands to help people navigate vegan living in all aspects on Amazon. So this is reminding me of how, I think sometimes people think vegan is just what you eat. Mm -hmm. And it starts to um, inform every aspect of our lives, yeah. if we want it to. And, and I think we are enriched by it when we start allowing it to it in um, to inform other parts of our lives. And one of the things that I I heard you um, talking about on I heard I watched it on YouTube, but you're, I didn't actually even know Amazon has a live channel. Yeah, a lot of people don't know. And so when I'm like Lucia's vegan lifestyle is on Amazon Live, they're like, huh? I'm like, well, okay, do you know QVC? <laughs> this is the Amazon version. I'm one of a few hundred, let's say, pioneers who have been invited to be on Amazon. And I am the sole vegan, uh, let's say, quote unquote, influencer that has a, a, a show on Amazon. That's marvelous. I mean, that is such a great thing to know about. It's a, and what a fun first. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> what a fun thanks. first. So one of the things I heard you talking about, and I and yes, it was it did remind me of kind of a QVC situation where you're helping people find what they're looking for, and you're giving also your opinion about about these things. You spoke um, about the people who have had breast cancer, have had operations, have had um, different kinds of treatments. Yes. And some of the um, some of the supplies and the things and the clothing that made that more comfortable. Yes. And I thought that was uh, really and not only more comfortable, but also vegan. So that Thank kind of intersection is so necessary for us. Thanks. Yeah. So 
I think a little bit of background helps. I I I was producing another TV show. It was about Italian culture. Mm. And the show had been on for a couple of decades and they had never had food, Michelle, never. So I was like, I, then I, I came in as associate producer and correspondent and um, they were giving me more, you know, let's say more leeway to produce segments myself. And I said, well, can we do food? I, I can't believe this is a cultural TV show. It is the only show of its kind in the world. And you, you've never had food. And the then producer said, well, you know, we want to avoid cliches. And I was like, yeah, but it's, it's food and it's Italian food. Like, you know, you, you can't, you can't avoid the topic to avoid a cliche, but I don't think it's cliche. I think it's actually integral, you know, and people would love it. Mm. So the executive, executive producer gave me the green light to do food segments, but I told him, look, I cannot ethically have food on you know produce segments or you know promote them that are using animal animals you know animal flesh can we do these segments vegan and he said yeah sure go for it so the first segment was about it was at um i think the nyc veg fest and there was a young chef who was showing he was demonstrating how to make vegan mozzarella that segment uh garnered not only the show but the network itself some of its biggest views ever so when i so then i extended it you know i had guests on that were you know making vegan leather accessories and you know i extended it so when i left that show people urged me to do a vegan show and i said no i don't know i wouldn't know what to tell people because I've been vegan so long, it's my normal. I don't know where to tell people to start. So, <laughs> so I just created an Instagram as kind of a, a placeholder, right? This was pre-television show. I I um I had this Instagram as a as a placeholder, and I met up with a friend, one of the friends who was urging me to do this. I met up with him and I had just bought new vegan sneakers that day. So he took my phone. He's an actor and film producer, film producer as well. So he took my cell phone, turned on the camera, and he said, Lucia, you just got new vegan shoes, vegan sneakers today. Action, tell us about your new vegan shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my first post on this Instagram platform, on this Instagram account. And then what I did was I was I started doing segments, let's say show segments on the Instagram. And finally, when I had enough segments, I was invited to um, to a program that certified producers for a, a network here in New York City. So I went, I got certified, and I compiled these short segments from my Instagram and created a pilot episode and i you know i pitched it to the network they accepted it and they have been absolutely wonderful they've included um some of my episodes in special blocks one was for culinary arts month they included my one of my segments on vegan food with two or three other segments um, for this special block. And this past month, my breast cancer episode was included in the Breast Cancer Awareness Month block. So I'm really so grateful that the network itself has recognized the importance of vegan living and, and that people need to be exposed to it and the, the desire for people to be exposed to it and the value to people's health, well-being, you know, joie de vivre, you know, their love of living. So it's been, it's been really great to have this um, kind of, you know, acknowledgement that people are wanting to find out how to live vegan. So Luci, this is, so many of us need someone who's gone we don't always need full-on experts, but we need somebody who's a couple steps down the road in front of us to help us with some of these things because we don't know what we don't know, right? We, right. Uh, when, when we're trying to live in a different way and um, we can feel very overwhelmed 
by many choices. But so it's so nice to have someone who's showing us how how fun it can be, how beautiful it can be, how how life enhancing it can be. And I think this is one thing you really bring to your to your persona for for all of us. Thank you, Michelle. It's actually a joy. You know, when people are saying it's hard to be vegan, I'm like, it's such a joy to be vegan. You know, not only living with the knowledge that you're, you know, saving lives, like, you know, I, I always imagine cows jumping in a field, right? Leaping and the way they do when they're happy, you know, it's, it's a joy to be vegan and even the language, right? we, you know, we're not missing out on anything. I'm like, no, we're not missing out or like alternatives. There's nothing alternative to me. This is the way it is. Mm. I'm not eating in an alternative to, to animal meat. I'm eating plant meat, right? Mm. Tofu has been around for centuries. <laughs> mm. It's not an alternative to meat. It's its own thing. So, you know, I even try to shift language and I think even like some newer vegans don't understand, you know, they're like, you know, one recently someone on Twitter posted, what, what, what's your favorite vegan alternative to steak? And I said, vegans don't eat alternatives. And she got mad at me. I'm like, it's, there's vegan in my name. You know? I'm not, you know, a necrovore, a carnivore coming to troll you. I want us to, I want our language to reflect we're not eating fake food. We're not wearing fake makeup. We're not, you know, donning fake shoes. It's all real. It's all 100% real. Yeah. That's a very good distinction. And I think, and it's a good example of how, when we are new, we have, we have so many things to learn because in our heads, when we're new, we are looking for the alternative. We're looking for, because that's what we're thinking. We're replacing and we're changing. And, right. um, and and so it is so great for someone to help us with that mindset. It's like, no, no, there's no fake meat here. There's <laughs> what I'm eating. There's food here. I know Colleen Goudreau, I think, says um, she hates anything being called vegan food. She's like, no, there's food and it doesn't contain animals, but there's food. It's not vegan food. So she right. wants to, and, and it's as in um, Melanie Joy talks about how we have to, um, we've been sold this idea that animals are natural, necessary, and normal. And yeah. and it's someone like yourself is showing us how, no, it's really natural, normal, and, and um, necessary to be vegan, to live this way. We're not giving up anything. Yeah. And as you said earlier, you know, you started this conversation with language, right? The navigating language, navigating veganism, navigating language. I always say just because someone doesn't speak your language does not mean that their life is not more is not as valuable as yours, mm-hmm. right? That extends to human beings and it extends to our other fellow our fellow sentient beings. I love that. So with um if you're if you're interested uh willing to talk with our with our audience about mm-hmm. uh, about your breast cancer treatment, that must yeah. have brought up other things in terms of um medically what was mm-hmm. what would end and then post medically it must have brought up a lot of things how do we take excellent care of our health and do what's necessary and yeah. still try to live up to what we want to live up to yeah um if you'll well soon i'll have the the full episode of the, the my breast cancer i call it my breast cancer episode um that will soon be up on the youtube part 2 we aired part 1 last week and then part two will be airing on MNN next week. We'll have all the links for that, Lucia, in the show notes so people can can find those. Okay, thanks. So the full episode will be on the YouTube channel. And, um, you know, I was kind of, you know, I, w- I mentioned in that that I've always been considered a healthy vegan, right, Just or a healthy person. One to the, let's say the, the non-vegan, right? Even one day I was like, you know, I was in, I, I, I went to a, ba- I don't eat gluten, but one day I went, I passed a bagel shop and I was like, I really have to have, I really have to just, I really just want to indulge right now in a New York bagel with some tofu you know, so some tofu cream cheese. So I went in and I placed my order and so I ordered that and a soy milk cappuccino. 
So there was an older gentleman in line in front of me. So and when I was telling the cashier what my order was, he turned to me and he said, well, that's quite healthy. And I said, really, sir? This to me is like, <laughs> this is so unhealthy to me. <laughs> and I'm thinking, right, what do people normally eat? Bacon, eggs, oh, right, all that hideous animal flesh and cholesterol-laden. So I've always been considered a healthy vegan. And when I, it wasn't, when I, when I got this diagnosis, I was thinking, wow, what did I do? You know, not blaming myself, but I'm very science, science minded. So I wanted to get to the root of this, you know, because I'm the last person you would have expected to have any illness, let alone, <laughs> let alone cancer. Right. So I said, okay, what did I do? What, what could I have done? to do this. So, you know, I couldn't, the, what happened was, and it's, I talked to a prominent breast surgeon on the next episode of on the episode of the show, the breast cancer episode of the show. And I keep forgetting because it's been a decade since I quit, but I started smoking cigarettes when I was 12 mm. and I didn't quit until I, about 10 years ago, finally, I had done jump starts. So the surgeon explained that this is one of the rare cases in which someone as healthy as me would have gotten cancer. So when I got it, I was like immediately, okay, I've got to like adjust my diet. I've got to get ultra healthy, you know, even more, <laughs> I don't know how to do that because I'm already this healthy vegan, but I'm going to figure it out. And, you know, I was saying to my care team, individuals in my care team during my, my treatment, I've got to lose weight. I had gained weight, I think partially because of pan the, the pandemic. Um, I was still exercising, but it was, you know, I was not moving as much as I used to. So I had gotten fat, not obese, my BMI was still healthy, but fat for me and fat that I, I, I wasn't, it wasn't my body. It wasn't mm -hmm. my, my body has always been, you know, I've been athletic. I've been trained in dance since I was a kid. I've done Tai Chi. I'm a younger yoga level three, you know, so <laughs> it was not my body. And I was saying to the care team, I've got to lose weight now. And they said, please don't you really need to either maintain your weight or even gain a little bit more because the radiotherapy will have an impact on your body and we do not want you losing weight right now. So I was like, as soon as this is done, as soon, like the day that I'm done with this, I am going to go, not on a diet, but I'm going to reconfigure. So I started working with a fitness, I, 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 he's an ethical vegan nutritionist, dietitian, and fitness coach. He's lovely. So about a month after I was done with radiotherapy, I started working with him. We've done, if you go to my Instagram or my social media, Lucia's Vegan Lifestyle, you can see we did four live, Instagram live, um, and live on all, my, on all my platforms. So you can go and see our talks about it. And that was actually the first time I revealed publicly that I had that had breast cancer. I didn't want people to know while I was going through it mm. because I had so much to do and I really didn't want, one, I didn't want it to define me. I didn't want people to worry. And I didn't want the, the additional, I didn't want the burden of people asking how I am or being concerned about me. I just wanted to get through it. That way, once I was healthy again, I could use my platform to help people. So this was a conscious decision I made. You know, I, I thought, should I let people in on the, you know, on the, the progress from day one? And I really just wanted to work and continue producing the show and my content for vegan brands. I really just wanted that to happen and then now to reveal <laughs> now that I've lost 25 pounds and you know and people are like oh my god what have you done and I'm like well I had cancer <laughs> <laughs> but you know I wanted to also be prepared you know I wanted to learn the things I needed to learn as a vegan to then be able to help people and say okay okay everyone here's how I did it 
you know, you can go, you can you see on my TV show, you can see on my Instagram, on your my all my my social media, and now you can see on Amazon Live and my Amazon storefront all the things that I used, things that I found, and things that I will continue to use to help you navigate it so that as a vegan or even a non-vegan, but especially as a vegan, you know that you're not alone. And, you know, if you're looking for something, Lucia's Vegan Lifestyle has it for you. You know, I, I have some clients who um, who struggle with the idea of how, how public to be in their businesses or in mm -hmm. their creative endeavors. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think sometimes people who are in the public eye think that they have to be public with everything, and they mm -hmm. don't. So I think this is a very good example of how you always get to choose how much you're willing to talk about, what you're willing to talk about. And I have to ask, every time I have a cold or a cough, someone mm -hmm. says, is that vegan thing really working for you? <laughs> As if we're not affected by the, the world that they're creating by, you know, all of this animal production. <laughs> I know. And I'm thinking, I had colds and coughs before and nobody said... It was my diet, <laughs> but so I wonder: do, uh, do people feel you? May, maybe you have surrounded yourself by really positive people and people who are um, on board. But I, I think sometimes uh, we, sometimes especially new vegans, feel that it's a license for people to comment about what they're doing. Whereas if they were eating at McDonald's or you know. Mm -hmm. International House of Pancakes, it would just be like, well, whatever. But because they're vegan, people have a right to say something. Yeah, because people, you know, I, I don't know where it comes from different, right, from different places and the, that person, that non-vegan who's questioning, right? Um, this is with any any way of being, right, that differs from the norm or what people have been conditioned to think makes them uncomfortable so they want to find the hypocrisy or they want to find the thing that's not perfect about it right we live in a system a worldwide system that is off the backs of the oppressed humans but people people don't want to know that because any other system that has been introduced that's not the status quo or what we've been used to or conditioned to accept you know, had flaws, but they're, let's say, new to people. And they, you know, it's it's too much, it's too, people are already, people's lives already are difficult enough, right? When they have to bring something on that's new, that will take effort and, and a little work, is scary and daunting. So, you know, I, I, I always joke that, you know, when I was, when I was a, not a younger vegetarian, I also lucked it out in that because I was a punk rocker and the punk rock scene not only had other vegetarians, but vegans, we had straight edge. And I do not remember anyone giving anybody a hard time. You know, the vegetarians admired the straight edge people. And as far, or I did, maybe it wasn't just me, um, but this is what I remember. I remember my vegetarian friends and us and me saying, I can't wait until there are vegan shoes because part of us not being vegan was that our, our choices were Tevas, right? I don't know if I think they still are Birkenstocks, those kind of open sandals mm -hmm. or things like Keds, you know, like canvas sneakers. Well, when you live in a climate where there's snow, you know, we we do we do not really think much of sacrificing for, right for the sake of our fellow sentient beings but you don't want to get pneumonia <laughs> right you don't want to die in the process so you know remember us thinking you know you know we were still wearing leather shoes you know because there was nothing available to us or we didn't want to wear the plastic that was you know you know, polluting the environment, you know, it's, that was a long time ago, but I also luck, lucked out in that. And also in being a punk rocker, because excuse me, if people tried to mess with me, they would regret it. <laughs> so, you know, we, we were also, we were also 
try advocating back then, which was a long time ago, you know, and I run into punk rockers now who've, who are in famous bands and whatever that either, you know, were vegan or vegetarian from back then or that recently went. But, you know, it's, I, I've never encountered, I, no one has ever made fun of me for being vegan ever. But I think it's that. I think it's that they don't, they don't want to say it to my face because they don't want to mess with me. They know they'll get like lightning rods, verbal lightning rods coming at them. That's marvelous. Maybe that's a skill a lot of us should grow. Well, I think that's that comes part of what you were saying before, having respect and consideration and there's a time and a place. If we're vegan, it's not about us, mm. right? The we We are vocal for others. So it's not about us at all, right? So that's where that's where it comes from. Because if we don't do it, if we back down, if we shy away, if we, what's the word when you, I'm doing it visually, you know, if we kind of- Like retreat. Um, exactly, yeah. Or curl up in a ball. Curl if up. we mm -hmm. do that, then lives are at stake. Stake with with the with, with the cinema synonym there that, that was not a pun intended, um, but you know lives are at stake. So if we remain silent, who will speak out for those beings that are being tortured right now? They're being slaughtered, who are you know crying out for their lives and the lives of their loved ones? Right, cows cows children are torn from them. So this is where the where the joy and the strength comes from for me, the joy mm. of knowing, you know, one that I, you know that I'm fully living. I'm living a fully enjoyable life, fully. I'm not sacrificing anything. Even back in the day when it was only tofu and you know, you know, which I still love tofu. To, speaking of breast cancer, tofu and soy are like integral to preventing breast cancer. So, you know, I'm, I'm loving living a full life as a vegan. I even have champagne, <laughs> right? Hummus. We have hummus. We have champagne. We have rice and beans. We have luxury shoes. <laughs> so I'm loving it. I'm having such a great time being vegan just with everything that's available. And then if people can't afford it, you know, there's you know, that's still not a sacrifice because the joy of it is knowing that we're saving lives. I think that's so helpful to keep reframing because many people move towards, make a first step towards veganism with a plant-based diet or with a certain kind of category that they say, no, no, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not voting with my dollars for those, that particular thing. Right. And then as we see that it's possible as we practice we realize how much more is possible for ourselves yeah. and then it is kind of um, a fun it, you could look at it as an obligation but it's also fun to try to make it a little easier for the timid person coming behind you who's a little bit nervous about asking a little yeah. bit nervous about what reaction am i going to get when i yeah. say i don't want to be involved with that kind of a, a production i don't want to be supporting you know, this international atrocity that's happening around us all the time. I don't want to be part of it. And even saying that it's going to be hard. Some people, I had to hear people say it before I was able to say it. So I think it's always important that all of us each say it for the person coming, coming behind. And also everybody has their own way, right? Just be, I, I just tell, I just want people to just be true to themselves, right? You can be considerate and approach it in, in that con that considerate way. Um, you know, I, I know that there are people who are like the, you know, the hardcore vegans make give us a bad name. Nobody gives vegans a bad name. It's impossible because any approach will help. Right. I've spoke to someone recently who was like, I don't agree with vegans who are like, stand out, stand outside somewhere and are yelling, you're, you're, you know, you're uh, participating in murder. Because you don't know if that or me wearing my 
sustainable luxury shoes from Italy will help people go vegan. We don't know what it will be. We don't know if a timid person saying, please, do you have anything that's vegan on your menu? I'm so sorry to ask, but you know, I'm vegan and you know, mm. it, it takes courage. Well, I don't think it takes, it doesn't take courage for some of us. <laughs> But it takes right. all of us, right? It takes right. all of us to yeah. do it our own way. There's yeah, no one way to go vegan. Yeah. And no. all, you never know, you never know what is going to strike someone, whether it's the advocate who's shouting or it's someone gentle who, you know, who is, you know, kind of almost apologetic for imposing, you know, their being vocal for someone else's life. We never know what will touch other people's hearts and minds. So, but we do know that it's necessary. We do all know that. Otherwise we wouldn't be a vegan. That's right. That's right. So it is the holiday season. And I've been telling my, my, uh, my followers, I've been saying there's really no better time to go vegan than always. There's no better time. But during the holidays, because there are parts of it that we may not have done before, there it brings up um, what's going to be hard. So punting it to January is kind of a waste, I think, because if you're already eating animals, well, maybe this is the time to confront a couple of your areas. Like, is it the Thanksgiving? Could I just opt out of the animal products at Thanksgiving, or what would I be losing? Just kind of keep having that conversation with yourself during this time when we are surrounded by so much food, so many presents, so many um, commercially available things, and also so many people. <laughs> so do you have any ideas for um, for my listeners about how to how to approach the holidays with with your mindset as a vegan? Again, I really lucked out. I was, I just, I was thinking the other day because, you know, the, I'm thinking of the holiday episodes of my TV show mm. and I want to show people one of my, <laughs> my favorite recipe during the holidays is my mother's um, stuffing, which is not used to stuff anything, <laughs> but it's vegan, gluten-free and it is delicious, Michelle. And I'm like, why don't I make this during the rest of the year? It's because mama's stuffing is that special thing that I look forward to every year. But again, I lucked out. You know, I remember my first Thanksgiving as a vegetarian and my mother, I'm going to cry, she had found tofurkey. And I, I had no idea, you know, because I was, I was a kid. My mother did the grocery shopping and she didn't leave it to me at all. So I was very lucky. And she surprised me with it. So I was very lucky. But you know what I think... The holidays are a time of giving and sharing, right? Not just what will be available, what, what, what are we going to receive? It is mainly a time of appreciating what we have, even for those who have nothing. Right? My parents came from nothing. They would have one cookie a year, one cookie a year. And when they had more, they would share it with people in the town. So this is where I this is where I come from, right? So the holidays are a time of giving. What what better thing to give, even if it's something as simple as hummus, right? Which costs a couple of dollars to make, or rice and beans, which is always delicious. You can add, you know some cilantro or some parsley or like an inexpensive herb, you know, or even plain rice and beans to me is delicious. You know, and we, we have the internet now, which we didn't have when I went to vegetarian and vegan, we have TV shows we have. So if you think of it as a time of giving and sharing make a dish and bring it to your holiday. If you're invited somewhere, bring it. And you'll you'll at least know that if there's nothing else for you, you will eat that. But what inevitably happens is people wanna always try the vegan dish. <laughs> so be sure to reserve some for yourself or make two 
because it will be gone before you even get a bite. Um, so that, and then also, you know, thinking of gifts, right? Like you were, you said um, that um, Goudreau says that she doesn't like things being called vegan. You know, buy your best friend a, a, a mascara that happens to be vegan, you know, stocking stuffer or gift. Buy someone a nail polish that's vegan. Buy someone a scarf that is not wool from animals, but, you know, a synthetic or a natural fabric. We can get inventive. You know, this is the thing is that, you know, you just, you can Google things, but it's just, we have so much now that it's not necessary to suffer yourself when you're trying to end the suffering of animals. Yeah, I, I think it actually freshens so many holidays and so many interactions that we have when we add that thought about how am I how am I voting for this this world? How am I supporting different industries and different people in this world during these holidays when I can actually vote for something that isn't hurting our fellow beings on this earth? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Nietzsche, it's wonderful that I got a chance to have you and um, pick your brain a little bit. And my um, my listeners, you're missing out a lot because Lucia is lovely. <laughs> and so you only got to hear her, but she has her she's visible on uh, a couple of different platforms. And Lucia, I'm going to have all your links in the show notes. But what what's the one you would like everybody to have top of mind? Which what? How would you like everybody to find you or bookmark you right off the top? I think if you just Google Lucia's vegan lifestyle, everything comes up. Great. But probably the YouTube channel. So if you type in Lucia's without the apostrophe, well, I think you're going to do Lucia's vegan lifestyle. And if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, that's probably the best way because that's where I put all the episodes and some short form content. And that also always, I always have the links to everything else there as well. Yeah, that's how that's how I know to find you is Lucia's uh, Vegan Lifestyle on YouTube. And so that's why the Amazon Live just blew my mind. I had no mm -hmm. idea. So. <laughs> <laughs> so all of it will be in our show notes. Lucia, thank you very much for making your time available. I'm going to make sure we keep pointing everybody at your work going forward. And I wish you very happy holidays with, with your family. And in New York. Michelle, thank you so much. It's been an honor talking to you. And you are so lovely. <laughs> you're going to have to do this as a TV show soon, too. Uh, you're inspiring me. Yeah, I love your background. I love the simplicity. I'm thinking I'll show my, I'll, I'll have everybody see it at some point. Or I think you're going to you share some of your, your clips. Yes, so um, that's wonderful. Yeah, I think one of these days I will, um, it took me a lot to just get in front of the microphone. So we'll see how long it takes to get in front of the well, you have a beautiful voice. You've got a beautiful face. So do it all. <laughs> grazie, grazie. <laughs> grazie, te, grazie te. So, so what did you think of Lucia? You know, I think you can all hear it in her voice, how Lucia's North Star is compassion. And I think it's inspiring for us to hear someone remind us that this lifestyle really does not have to be a sacrifice. In a space where we're very often talking about how to make veganism work, it's good to hear the message that we're not doing without when we choose to opt out of, out of cruelty. And if that's not a message we need this holiday season, I'm really not sure what is. So I hope you will look for Lucia Grillo on YouTube. And when you find Lucia's Vegan Lifestyle, for goodness sake, please subscribe so that you can not only support this beautiful artist, writer, filmmaker, and vegan ambassador, for your own sake, subscribe so you'll get her content. And it's unlike what anyone else out there is doing. So in the meantime, my veggie besties, get out there and try on, try on Lucia's big, open-hearted mindset of compassion without 
sacrifice. And, you know, if you need help, if you want support, if you're feeling overwhelmed, for goodness sake, reach out. You've always got a vegan friend here at Veg Your Best. Okay, kids, talk to you next week. And, oh, by the way, vote. Really, vote. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So, until next week, make it easy and veg your best. <laughs>